Welcome back to Your Real Source, the podcast about real estate. I'm Dave DeReese, CEO at My Real Source. And today we've got a great interview with Taylor Fidoa, and we'll get to that in a minute. But first, we always want to start out by talking about the pandemic curve graph, where we keep track on a weekly basis of what's been going on in our industry as it relates to production, sales, listings, things like that. So if you want to see the graphs that I'm going to be discussing, go to yourrealsource.info and you'll be able to see this graph. Now we've got three graphs, one that shows the new listings and another one that shows the listings that have gone pending in that week. And then the third one is the ones that have closed in that last week. And got great news for everybody The new listings has overtaken by quite a bit the listings from the same week in the previous year. So we did have the big dip for the pandemic over the eight weeks, but it's been going up and up and up. And now it's overtaken by a long ways the number of new listings. And the same can be said for the listings that went pending in the last week has overtaken the number from the previous year by quite a bit. So very, very good news there. And then if you look at the solds, the closed listings are almost, they're almost to the point of taking over or overtaking the number from the same week last year. So the market is extremely strong, low inventory, very low inventory, but that's also keeping the pricing high. The average price is still going up. So it's a very, very strong market. Looks like we're recovering from the pandemic in a very, very good way. And now let's move on from that to our etiquette minute. And let's ask Jake to start the courtesy clock. And there we go. Now we'll give it to you in less than a minute. So the big thing to be courteous and show proper etiquette to everybody in our industry is to please answer the showing time questions that you get after a showing. So what are those? Well, one is going to be, are you done showing the house? If you are, please answer yes. So that alerts the seller that it's okay for them to come back home to their property. And the other thing is you're going to get a feedback request. And the nice thing about it is it's going to include very simple check boxes where you can just check the check boxes and answer the feedback questions and then send it back. And it's very simple, takes hardly even a couple seconds to do. So those are your tips for your proper etiquette for today. And I believe we did it in less than a minute. We did. Awesome. It sounds like we have some questions from our listeners. Jake, do we have some questions? Yes, we do. Dave, the first question is, why do so many remarks sections in the MLS have exactly the same language in the public remarks as in the agent remarks? That's a very good question, and it was not designed to be that way. It wasn't intended for the two different remarks sections to be identical. It's something that has just happened over time where people have copied and pasted the same ones in both of the remarks sections. Now, what we would prefer is people not do it that way. We would prefer that you put the public remarks that are meant for the public in the public remarks section. And in the agent remarks, put some other different content. 
It can include things that you want that agent to know that they can pass on to their buyer or just the things you want the agent to know. It can be things about if there's a a bonus for the agent. It can be things about tips on showing the house. It can be things that are going to be helpful hints about the neighborhood. If there's a park down the street that now that agent can comment on it and make them look good to their buyers. So there's lots of interesting things you can do there, but that's what we would prefer. We would prefer you don't copy exactly the same language or content in both of those boxes. And do we have another question? Yes, we do. Dave, how do I post market stats graphs to my business Facebook page? Well, interesting that we got that question on the same day that we're going to be talking to Taylor Fidoa because she teaches both of the classes where she talks about how to do that. And why don't we get Taylor on the phone right now so that we can get this interview started? All right, and now we have our special guest for today, Taylor Fidoa, the Director of Communications and Photography at My Real Source. And thank you for agreeing to do this. Can you hear us okay, Taylor? Yes, I hear you. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right, and this is a little unusual. Normally, we would just get right into the interview, but today we had a holdover question from our question segment, and we were hoping that you would be able to answer it, given that you're our one that teaches the market stats and the social media class that, that we had a question. So, Jake, can you read the question that was that holdover from our segment? Yes, I can. How do I post market stats graphs to my business Facebook page? Oh, okay. That's actually a really easy question. It's also covered in both the market stats class that we offer and the social media class and lead generation. So if there's more that you want to see more than what I'm just describing. You can see all that on those classes. But once you're in market stats, it's really easy. You create that graph that you want under InfoSparks and there's a share button. From there, it will give you options whether you want to share a static or live graph. The live graph will actually update every month for you. So if you don't want it to be too specific, a live graph is good. And then there's a social media option and you just simply hit share and it'll open up that graph for you. And there'll be all those icons that you can share on from, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest. And from there, when you choose Facebook, you have an option to toggle between your personal page or your business page right above the post where you would type anything that you would want to say about the graph. All right. Thank you, Taylor, for helping us with that holdover question. And in case anybody, any of our listeners does have a question at the website, yourrealsource.info, there is a section in the upper right where you can ask a question and that's where this question came from. So so now go ahead. Yeah. And like I mentioned, it's all covered in all three of those classes as well. It's a, it's a segment in each of those classes. Okay, well, now that we've taken care of our cleanup from our question and answer section, I'd like to move on to our interview with Taylor. And usually we start with a little bit of background. So if you could give our listeners a little bit of background about uh, yourself, that'd be great. Okay. 
Yep, my name is Taylor. I've worked at my real source for about six years now. Prior to working for my real source, I was studying photography and public relations. And I did photography as well as worked at Eastern Michigan University as an intern there for a while and managed communications and events. Big part of what I did prior to my real source, I also worked for PRSSA, which was a PR organization and planned events, special events for students through PRSSA. So the PRSSA is a great organization. I know that you were proud to be part of that, but you also did the photography both professionally while you were in college. And then I think you also, didn't you take it in college as well? Yeah. Yeah. I went to school for photography. I have a degree in it and learned a lot about different industries of photography from fine art to portraiture to a little bit of real estate and a lot of the software that goes into photo editing. And so I was able to apply that into marketing and public relations, you know, different degrees, of course, but similar, similar things that I learned in photography, I was actually able to apply to a lot of that social media and marketing strategies. So how is it that you came to My Real Source? Was it right out of college? Right out of college, six years ago. Dave, you actually found me uh, via some blogs that I had been writing discussing uh, PR tactics and what students should be doing in college, as well as an alumni blog that I was a guest writer on where I would interview graduates and just kind of talk about their careers, what they were doing, how they got started. And once I was brought on board, you definitely showed me the ropes of the industry and everything that MLSs offer and things that we were doing that nobody was really doing yet in terms of education and data sharing, starting the vendoring, which I know you've talked about on this podcast, but a big part of, you know, when you brought me on was learning all of our programs and software and how agents just do their business day to day. And I was, so I was able to promote that as well as bring all my photo background into real estate and decided to start a photo class for agents. So the, I know you've got more than one class. Can you give us a little bit of detail on the different classes? Yeah. So um, at my real source right now, I teach the photography program started out as one class and just based on demand and agents were just really into what I was teaching and wanted to know more and more and more. So I actually created three classes. So there's an intro class, an advanced class, and a photo field trip. So the intro class just goes into a lot of basic photography tips for them, options for equipment, photo management, and just some professional techniques that I learned in college, but provided you know, more real estate examples, copyright laws, things like that. And then after some time, I created an advanced class where we dive a little deeper into more professional equipment, manual shooting, photo editing. And a big thing that the agents really like is the photo critiques. So we'll pull up their listings, look at their photos, ways they could improve on a future listing or 
they wanted to re reshoot their their property they could do that and then so many people were taking these classes we decided to do a field trip and anybody who takes the first two classes can actually come on a field trip where we go to furnish modeled homes and apply everything that you learned um, to help improve but also to build that real estate photo portfolio for listing appointments so the field trip sounds quite unusual. I don't think I've heard of anybody else doing anything like that. No, no. And it's a small group, partner up, and usually pretty good-sized homes. And we kind of break up and go through the house. And you have little missions that you have to accomplish for each room and little techniques and stuff that you've learned in the previous classes. And if you get hung up, then I'm there to help you. But you also have a partner to work together in the, in the whole class. So in addition to, you know, creating from scratch, these three different photography classes, I know that since you've been with us, you've done a lot with increasing the number of photos that are available in the MLS, the quality of the photos, the copyright, you mentioned copyright, putting together different copyright agreements that would fit different situations. So can you talk about some of those things? Yeah. I think a big project that you and I were working on that I'd like to, you know, discuss because it ended up being a big campaign that we did and went around to offices and kind of educated them on what copyrights mean. A lot of agents assume that if they hire a photographer, they own those photos because they paid you. And most of the time, you maybe have a limited licensing agreement between photographer and the agent. Or you might not have anything in place and federal law will always side with the photographer. So whoever clicked that shutter owns those photos. So once we were kind of thinking about this in terms of how data is shared between MLSs and franchises and advertising portals, it was important for brokers, especially given we're a broker-owned MLS, to remain owners of that data. So naturally in most photography, you don't really give your copyrights away. That's your your bread and butter. You don't give that away. You just give a limited licensing for what they need to use it for. But in real estate, it's a different animal. So we went around and talked to agents about how they were using their photos, how they were getting ownership of their photos, if they were, if they weren't, who they were working with. And We have a small list of photography companies that are aware of MLS photo rules, as well as are willing to sign copyrights. Joint copyrights was something that I talked about because being a photographer myself, you are trained not to give your copyrights away. So I knew that there might be a little pushback on the agents. So I wanted to make sure that photographers weren't missing out as well as our agents. So we came up with a couple different copyright documents that you can find on our website, as well as an Instanet. And these copyrights, you know, the one form actually keeps the rights with you as well as the photographer. So there's really no issues that could arise if over ownership of the photos and how they're being used. So is that something that would be used only if I'm hiring a professional photographer, or would it also apply if I was asking the seller to click the shutter 
or Uncle Fred to click the shutter because yeah. he's got a better camera than I have. Yeah, it's any third party that's taking pictures actually owns the photos. So whether that is the seller that their house was clean, their kids were out of the house and they wanted to take pictures before they started packing stuff up and the house looked good, they actually legally own those those photos. So if the seller says, here's 30 pictures I want you to use, don't worry about coming over, things like that, you need to make sure that you have them sign that copyright agreement and explain to them why and the manner that they could be used. And, or if you just have a friend that has a better camera than you and they went around and took pictures, still important to have them sign those over. And then of course, a professional photography company as well. So we now know that even if the seller took the photos, which I think was happening uh, during the pandemic, and can you speak to the what effect the pandemic has had on the importance of photos, photo copyrights, video is in addition to that. What changed when the pandemic came about? Well, I think photos and videos have always been very important and agents recognize that, or at least most agents recognize that, especially based on the demand for the classes that, that I created. But I would say, you know, given the pandemic and the recent lockdown, you know, you couldn't leave. You still had to figure out how to do business from home and sellers, they're not going to tell you what to do. So when it came down to it, a lot of agents really had to think outside the box and how am I going to market this property? And my photos need to do justice to this listing and videos. And a lot of agents were doing way more videos, video tours, adding them into the MLS. We actually created a couple segments in a class that we do, a weekly class. Colleen, who I think was previously on one of your podcasts and I, we do a mixing it up with my real source variety show. It's just an hour long weekly class event thing that we do. And we talked about photos and videos a lot and ways that agents should be coaching their coaching their sellers and maybe using third parties to help them get that professional level. One of the ones that we had on, or one of the pot webinars that we did was actually, we had a guest from Box Brownie and they do photo editing, photo retouching, they'll just kind of enhance the photos that you or your seller took. So a lot of times we were coaching the agents to then coach their sellers on what they needed pictures of, um, ways to take pictures, some tips, checklists, things like that for them to follow because sellers had to end up doing the photos and the videos for the agents and then send those over. And a lot of times agents are so used to having photos on their cameras or their phones, they didn't even know the best way to get photos from point A to point B. So we talk about in the mixing it ups, we talked about programs like Google Drive and the WhatsApp and things like that, that agents can could have used or can still use with their sellers, especially right now, just because here in Michigan, the stay at home order has been lifted there's still a lot of restrictions and there's going to still be a lot of people who scare and don't want any more bodies in their, in their house than they have to have. 
So making sure that you know to provide options to your seller and where their comfort level is, is important and still get those quality photos and retouching by using maybe a third party, which is really nice because Box Brownie, you can actually just upload you know, your 30 photos, 24 hours, they retouch them for you and turn around at a very, a very affordable price as well. I know that mixing it up variety show that you mentioned, it was very impressive how many people you had tending those and learning how to do photos on new listings during the depths of the pandemic. And if we look at the pandemic curve graph that is posted on our podcast website, yourrealsource.info. Even when we got to the bottom of the trough on that curve, it never went down to zero. There were still quite a few listings that were being done, were being taken, and they were still using uh, photos and videos, probably v- v- more than normal. They were using photos and the videos, especially the different types of videos. How many, can you tell them about how many different places there are for different types of videos in addition to the photos? Yeah, we have four different fields under tours and upon listing entry. Uh, two of them are branded tours or videos, and two of them are unbranded. And those work with like IDX and Collaboration Center and Paragon, where you're not going to have to worry about somebody's branding coming on a listing that's for your buyer. There is also the branded option where you can do a a nice tour with your logo and talking about you or however you want to go about doing that. There's four fields and the way my real source sends our data out that all those video links are actually pulled and will display in the proper places. So a lot of times agents were using these, these fields in general, but it definitely, the popularity of it definitely took off. And I think the fact that there was still business being done. We knew that this was a relevant topic to be talking about. And agents had more time on their hands to be participating in more webinars and classes and engaging with us. So we had upwards of, you know, 80 to 100 people on at a time and found that a lot of agents were very curious about how to go about taking videos and how do I get it out there? And more and more people were using these fields that maybe easily were overlooked prior to the pandemic. So now that we're starting to come out of the pandemic, I know the governor has allowed us to go back to in-person showings and in-person open houses, but I have a feeling, and I wonder if you have the same feeling that I think that the photos, videos, captions and descriptions, everything that relates to those photos and videos I think are going to remain important even now that the governor's orders have been lifted. I think they're going to still be important, more important than they were even, you know, before the pandemic. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think everybody's tries to find a silver lining and everything that's been going on. And I think a big silver lining in the terms of, you know, real in real estate is we had to learn how to manage our business differently. We knew these, these things were out here. It's just what's going to force you to do it. So a lot of times it was easy to put on the back burner. And if you wanted to get business done in these three months, agents had to be creative and improvise and educate themselves. And I don't really see 
that value changing, even if ever, when, when everything goes back to normal and anytime soon, just because things are lifted, I don't think a lot of, a lot of sellers are going to be a-okay with everybody coming into their house. They're going to try to eliminate as much as they can, especially if they're not, you know, really young and healthy. If you have any pre-existing conditions, you have little ones at home. Like for example, I have a three-year-old and I am due with my second in a couple months. And if we were selling our home, there's no way I would be having all of these showings coming in. I would hope that my agent would really do everything they can to make sure that the tour that they put up is going to show the property in the best way that it can so that I have really eager buyers coming into my house. And open houses, for me, if I my agent was going to do an open house, I would be thrilled if they were able to do a virtual open house and walk through the home with a live stream versus having all these people come into my house. And I, I think that that's probably a good percentage of people out there that would, that would think like me, even if you are, you know, young and healthy, you could have little kids that you just don't want to have exposed. So I think that a lot of these agents are going to use this moving forward in the current times while everybody's still pretty cautious, but also see a lot of success in that because you're getting even more eyeballs by doing things virtually. And you can't take away face-to-face, the face-to-face experience, but the nice thing about a virtual open house or a virtual showing is you can invite people on social media, they can join in, people are watching, they get alerted that their friend is watching, and you just have more and more people actually seeing the property than maybe you would have had if you just put a sign out in front of the yard that you have a open house this Saturday at 10. So I think the silver lining of this is that agents are going to be able to take the, the more creative ways that they weren't necessarily doing business regularly and apply it into their future day-to-day business. So what they're going to do is use these great photos that they learned how to do in your classes, the videos, and then apply those with social media and leverage the social media aspect of it to get more exposure, maybe less face-to-face, but at least limit the numbers of people that are coming through until they're really serious and then maybe still getting them in there face-to-face after they've become super serious about your house. So that's probably never going to go away, but it might limit the number overall. Right, right. And I think the biggest thing is just giving your seller options. Doesn't mean that this is what you tell them it has to be, but people might be a little scared to list their home right now. I know I know that if I didn't, if I wasn't educating the members on this and doing my own research, then I would be, you know, hesitant to be listing my house right now. And that's where agents should also be using market stats, which we talked about just a little bit ago, is you can actually show these graphs, customize them to your seller to kind of give them that peace of mind of where the market is, where, where that market's at right now. And, you know, it's still a good time to list your home and homes are still going at 
top dollar right now. So you want to list your home. It's, it's not a bad time just because all this is going on. And here are some options that I have for you to be extra safe if this makes you comfortable. And then you are now putting that on the seller to decide, yes, I want a virtual open house. We don't need to do virtual showings, but I, or I definitely want you to do a couple different virtual tour, really good virtual tour videos for me so that we can make sure that serious buyers are coming into my property. Yes. If people were to take a look at the market stats, which I know you just mentioned, there's a class for it shows that the inventory is still down. It's down considerably, but the average price sold price is going up. So the inventory is going down, the prices are going up. And then that pandemic curve that we discussed, which is on the podcast website, uh, yourrealsource.info, shows that pending sales uh, listings are going pending on a week-by-week basis is now overtaken last year's rate. So it's a, I think it's an absolutely fantastic time to consider going ahead and listing your home for sale right now. Yeah. Every week when all this was going on for three months, we were looking at this and we were seeing what agents, what agents were doing business, how many new listings were hitting the market, how many went pending. A lot of, a lot went pending based on, you know, based on a walkthrough once that was allowed. And it was, it was interesting to see that, you know, everybody were like good percentage of agents, I should say, were, were making it work and probably saw those stats and were using market stats and sharing those graphs and reports with their sellers. And they can customize them even down to the subdivision that your seller lives in if you want and or school district, everything, size of the home, very specific, very easy to use. Well, it sounds like you were like the perfect person in the perfect place at the perfect time. I mean, it's not like we needed pandemic. We wish we didn't have a pandemic, but your ability to help us with photos and the videos and the social media, leveraging the photos, I mean, they became more important during the pandemic. Yeah. Yep. It was, I felt valuable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think you are. You're very, you were valuable. You were valuable before the pandemic. Now you're even more valuable after the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to cover? This has been uh, fantastic. I know we probably could talk to you for a long time. Maybe we'll have you back real soon because I think there's other things that we can cover, but is there anything else we want to cover today? Yeah, I guess the last thing that I would just mention is join Colleen and I on Mixing It Up. So every Thursday at 9 a.m. live live webinars, but you can also find them on our YouTube channel, as well as all of our other classes that have been recorded are on there. I got a a question. uh, Content we've been working on that's going to be coming to the YouTube channel. Check out the social media class too. I teach it along with a couple other people where we go in and we talk about Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and just all the ways that agents can use that to brand themselves, some etiquette, things like that's all covered. So the mixing it up, mixing it up is Thursdays at what time? 10 a.m. I think you said nine the first time. Oh, did I? Okay. Sorry. I wondered if you changed the time. No. All right. Awesome. 
Well, thank you. Thank you very much for giving us all this great information. It was very valuable. I, I think it was very valuable. So I think we'll probably have you back soon. Thank you very much for interview our interview today. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me and good luck, everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye. And I want to thank Taylor for that awesome interview. And remember to go to the, our podcast website, yourrealsource.info, to see the graphs that we talked about and ask a question if you would like to ask a question. There you can also link to our YouTube channel. Uh, lots of interesting information on our YouTube channel. And remember, it's not the source if it's not your real source. <laughs>